0: For them hood girls, them good girls, straight violin, living it up in the city got on with Saint gotta kiss myself so pretty I'm too got a and a I'm too
1: good morning sports fans welcome into the weekend sports bus. Mike Adolfo here
2: wait with... one moment actually are you talking in the right mic there one
1: I don't know I mean I got a microphone from my face it's not the right mic El Toro screw this up again <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm blaming w- this on El Toro. W- El Toro. Welcome to the weekend sports, Buzz. Am I good? I don't know. It sounds like a little bit of an echo. You tell me, El Toro. I'm getting the echo okay. in my head. It's Sorry. Yeah, I, I hear a little echo in my headset, but that's all right. Weekend sports, Buzz. <laughs>
1: Did you all really? Oh, my God. It's like you're in a closet.
3: I'm in a closet? What is going
1: on? Uh, you know what I think is? El Toro's that's in a closet. closet. Hold on. I can use that.
3: That was great radio right there. Is that better?
2: Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, oh, my gosh. You, Ashley sounds
3: crystal clear. Yes. Yeah, so well, I mean, I'm the only one that needs to, so. In the last hour, I thought that sounded good. What's up with that? I can, How's that? That's oh, better. I can go. hear oh, you. Oh, my
2: goodness. Much better. So, yeah, uh, El Toro Technical screwed up the mics
1: again. I mean, can we get some competent help in the freaking studio? El- We're
2: going to have to work on his contract.
1: Jeez. We're going to have to add another zero to his contract. Uh, Subtracted zero from his paycheck.
2: Oh, yeah. In all seriousness, El Toro did some good work for us yesterday at the, the Louisville football spring game. Um, yeah, and, I
1: saw there was like, what, 10
2: people there? Uh, for those of our, our listeners who are familiar with it. There did is, you say 10 people? There, yes. There is a significant football program in the state of Kentucky. The University of Kentucky Wildcats.
3: No. <laughs> the one that
2: play in the
1: best football <laughs> conference <laughs> in America.
3: And get drilled.
2: <laughs> no, didn't get drilled. The whipping boy of the SEC. The, for how many years?
3: How, how many years have they had the program?
2: They
1: will be bowl eligible
2: this year. How many years has it been since you beat and
1: Florida? And they will win at Carmel Stadium the last game of the year. We beat Florida? I don't know. We're going to beat Louisville.
3: We went through this last year. In all
2: seriousness, there are many question marks for the Louisville football team this year. Are you kicking
1: out Toro out of here? Are you getting, Are you kicking him out? That,
2: that, that fumble there with the mics is just too just much.
1: send him home.
2: That's just too much. All right, Rude. got plenty to talk about this morning. We we, we got the NBA playoffs. We got um, Kentucky football struggling. We got Kentucky, uh, the, whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Kentucky basketball striking out on now, the recruiting this
1: is, trail. That's a huge story right now because I mean, uh, and, and which I, one? I believe the Kentucky basketball because I believe I mentioned this on the show a couple weeks ago that this was a legitimate possibility that a lot of these guys want to stay close to home, and uh, and really I don't know if you can call Kentucky the leader. On any of these remaining guys. And they obviously have holes to fill. And they thought they were even going to get this uh, North Carolina Charlotte uh, big man. And then he commits to Illinois over the weekend. So there is uh, there's some serious issues right now with the, the holes that got to be filled.
2: You got Tyler Eulis, You got Alex Poitras coming back. There will be no
1: platoon. Let's put it that way. Any
2: other significant. Which, which Rick Pitino has proven. You don't necessarily need to have uh, 11 NBA draft picks on your team. No, you need
1: seven. I mean, he needs seven or eight guys he can play. In the NBA? No, just that can play in college basketball. I mean, I, Ulyss is not an NBA guy. Is he not? No.
2: I disagree. He's, yeah. not, he's no Eric Bledsoe, but I, I bet he'll be on a roster. Uh, he might make a
1: roster, but he's going to have a lot of the same issues. All right, for example, who is a better – NBA prospect, and of course, he's got a ways to go. Okay, because but Russ Smith or Tyler Eulis.
2: I'm I'm going to get to draw the ire of Louisville fans, but I think Tyler Eulis. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I I see him as being a. a he's a more of a point guard, and there's a place for that. There
1: is. I just feel like he's not the great. He you know he's not a bad shooter. But he's
2: not an elite shooter. Shooting, I think, comes in time. Ace and Kidd was drafted out of California 30 years ago as being known as the, the point guard with no jump shot. And when all said and done, I think he's third or fourth on the all-time list of three-pointers made in the history of the league. Rajon Rondo has gotten John Wall. Look no further than the, the team that uh, had, had the, uh, the, the big upset. The right. Wizards and John Wall, he he's not that bad of a shooter. Now. The, the, the
1: funny thing that's going on right here is that you and I are taking opposite. Like, I know you're, you're like the Kentucky apologist right now, and I'm like, not, I'm not saying that the like it's burning down, but this is shaping up to me like you know they're going to have a nice team, uh, but it's not going to be. Necess- I mean, and they're going to come out preseason ranked top three, top four, and I'm not so sure they're going to finish there. Let's just put it that way. Okay, I think they. Well, that,
2: know, the world is not coming to an end because of that Cal if he can coach very well which I think he has proven that he can uh in the past with many of his teams then I mean that under under supposed to be underperforming Terrence Jones led team made it to the final four and wasn't that Terrence Jones yes they, they made it Terrence to the final Jones, four yep. in what was considered to be a down Brandon
1: Knight a, in uh, a down year Lam, yeah
2: a down year for the the cats they 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 uh, made it to the Final Four, so maybe we'll see something along those lines. The Oxmoor-Ford Lincoln buzz line is 502-384-1450. Give us a call if you have any uh, desire to get in on any of the talk regarding the NBA playoffs. Kentucky striking out on the recruiting trail to some degree. Well, I mean, they still have time. Keep in mind is not necessarily striking out for others. But uh, for the, the standards that Cal has set, yes, they're somewhat striking out. We're going to head to the oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line now where we have our man Brian the Insider on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Brian?
4: I'm doing great. How's everybody doing this morning?
2: Um, I, am,
1: uh, I am just not I – mean, listen, we were 4-0, the Reds were 4-0 when we were on the show last week. And then since then they have gone 1-6, yeah. and, the, and yeah. it's just been uh, – uh, yeah Ugh.
4: they've been on a slide hey before i get into a, a lot of stuff here ashley how are you doing
3: i was waiting for my opportunity to say good morning sunshine <laughs>
4: good morning <laughs> hey i want to tell you i enjoyed your article in the leo that was very touching oh, uh, thank you for anybody that hasn't read ashley's uh, article in the leo magazine in louisville uh must read very 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 good stuff and uh very impressive and uh heartwarming uh thank but you. uh yeah, Mike, uh, the Reds are really, you know, they just can't seem to beat the Cardinals. But uh, let me just, before I get into the Derby, one, Mike, boy, you got me fired up on the cards, uh, football, did you know that they had the 10th largest uh, spring crowd in all of college football, and second in the ACC? Are you serious? Because
1: I saw a picture where it looked like there was nobody there.
4: 23,000, second wow. uh, in, in, in all, 10th, all ta- 10th in all of college, second in the ACC, just behind, I think Clemson, uh, had 35,000, but they beat Florida State. They beat wow. a lot of teams. Uh, so uh, that's great. And i, I got to talk about the Cardinal baseball team. Did anybody see what they did to Wake Forest yesterday? Stealing
1: home to win the game. That is wow. awesome.
4: They're 19-2 and two in the ACC and third ranked in the country. Uh, unbelievable job going on there. And if I was in Louisville, I sure would be trying to catch a lot of those games. But uh, uh, that's an exciting deal to steal home to win the game. But uh, as you guys know, I'm Brian Insider, and I like to talk to Derby, and we are getting very, very close to the Derby. Had to uh, watch some morning works this morning. At uh, You can actually watch them live. Uh, Churchill Downs has a feed from 8.30 to 9 every morning now till Derby, showing the Derby works. But uh, we, had, we had big news yesterday. One lucky Dane, one of Baffert's three horses, came up lame after, uh, after a work for the Derby. He's off. Made from lucky gets in. Uh, and that gives Pletcher five. So Bafford goes from three to two, and Pletcher goes to five, which is
1: really remarkable. Um, but out of the three that he could lose, it's probably his yeah, least yeah. significant. It, oh, we're still yeah. looking at possibly the strongest derby field ever.
4: I agree 100%. Uh, eight or ten deep, uh, and, of course, you, we know the derby. Anybody could win it, but eight or ten deep. And I tell you, the horse I'm starting to get excited about just because I think he's going to be a price is firing line. i got the early, uh, long shot for your listeners. He probably be the eighth or ninth choice. Gary Stevens set a track record in the Sunland Derby. He lost to Dortmund twice, once in the stretch of the Bob Lewis in January had Dortmund beat and Dortmund came back gamely to win, but, uh, Firing line is coming into the Derby very good and uh, is one that I'll, I'll look to really hype up. But i got to talk about, I've been talking about shared belief. I thought maybe the best handicapped horse in a generation, I hope he's okay. He ran yesterday in the 1.5 million Charlestown Classic in West Virginia, and uh, Mike Smith pulled him up, and it created what they call a bridge jumping event. There was over 600,000 bet on shared belief in the show pool. Which is the uh you know safe money, I mean he pay you you two you'd pay two bucks, you'd get two ten back and uh and if it doesn't come in that way, that's when the people start jumping off the bridges and uh I tell you what, I'd have a guardrail around uh, some of the major bridges in the country today because of the fact they they he he pulled up uh and it just created the most go go look Mike and look at the show pun. there's horses that uh, paid i think the winner dollars to 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 win, and I don't know. Fifty or sixty dollars uh, to to show, so wow. it double the show money. So, but I hope shared beliefs okay because we finally had a real star and so much of a star. In my opinion, it forced California Chrome to go international. They they shipped him to Dubai and instead of sending him back to the U.S., they sent him to England. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out California Chrome's coming back to the U.S. Depending on how long of a layoff uh, that we're going to get into with, uh, uh, shared belief. Hopefully he'll come back. He's a gelding. So you, they say it's a soft tissue injury. Hopefully he'll be back, but, uh, still looking like a full field for the Derby. There, there's still four or five horses that are waiting to get in. And, um, as we saw yesterday, there's a defection, but I think it's going to be a full field. And as Mike said, this is really, really shaping up as just a Unbelievable Kentucky Derby. I
1: I just want to point out that we were really the first show to kind of even say that this was a possibility. I mean, now people are talking about left and right about this derby field that, you know, no one, no one's really of of really big significance is pulled out, you know, and uh, it's it's looking like we're going to have. And then, of course, next week I go get my license and then I spend all the remaining days on the backside because that's the best place to be. For ten days before the derby. It's unbelievable.
3: Brian, um the same owners from that own California Chrome, they have a horse that's racing or are they?
4: No. No, they uh the dumbass partners yeah. and I
3: can't,
4: <laughs> <laughs> I very appropriately. I named still can't
3: believe that they named themselves <laughs> that <but.
4: laughs> and they lived up to it. I tell you what, that no, they don't uh, they don't have a horse in it. they they taken that same uh, not-for-money mare they had. They claimed for $8,000, which made such a great story last year. They have bred him back to the same uh, lucky pulpit. And uh, so they have a two-year-old in training, Ashley, but uh, I think she's a filly. And they are they're just assumed, they even said, true to the dumbass partner's name, they said she'll win the Oaks next year, not knowing how. I mean, if she even makes the Oaks field, uh, it would be unbelievable feat, but they don't have anybody running this year in the Derby or Oaks.
1: All right, let me give you an Oaks long shot that I like. Okay, she won the Honey, and then in her uh, following uh, race, she just had a really, really bad trip and came in I think fourth. Uh, but Sarah Sis is a horse that I feel uh, might be able to uh, compete with some of the top fillies out there. So um, I really, kinda- I wrote it down. So, I wrote so it That's, down. that's I love my them. Oaks long shot. Hey, you know, Mike, interesting. And actually,
4: you like this? Uh, the Oaks typically doesn't it, it. It limits the starters to fourteen. The Derby goes twenty. They limit the Oaks to fourteen. And and, and over the last few years, they have not had a full Oaks fourteen. And I think they're going to have fourteen Phillies o- uh, uh, for the Oaks, which is a betters dream. So uh, it's they've got a waiting list to get in the Oaks, and the Oaks is looking fantastic too.
1: Right. I agree. It's That's going to be awesome. a, a great race. It's going to be a great couple days of racing here, and we're, we're it's just around the corner. We kick it all off with, with a great thunder over Louisville last night.
3: Is anybody going to the races? I'm going. Any
1: to, of you? I'm definitely going. Yeah. To, I have derby yeah. tickets. I don't know about. Uh, I'm still. I've got Oaks tickets, and I
4: I plan on being at the Derby. Uh, I don't have my tickets yet, but uh, that doesn't mean anything. I'll be definitely. <laughs> trying to, I'll, I'll be trying to get in some way for sure. But hey, Mike, I wanted to agree with you on, on Euliss. I think he's a great college player. It's very difficult his size to play in the NBA. And I also agree with you on the Cats. I mean, when you see Cal going after guys that Vincenzo's, uh JUCO player that Louisville uh, has kind of put on the back burner, and then this kid out of uh, the University of Charlotte. Uh, you realize that uh, the recruiting has kind of, you know, and, and, and in fairness to Cal, when you lose seven players, it's tough to restock. But I have never seen Cal going for players that that passed up on very recently, and uh, very interesting to see how they're going to fill the roster.
1: Yeah, he, I mean, he's just trying to fill some gaps right now. I just, and I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's time to jump off the bridge. And I mean, it's nothing. <laughs> Let's we're not let's not get two out of our.
2: I mean, are you sure?
1: Yeah, I'm positive. But I mean, there's there's. Definitely... I'm sorry,
2: but
3: I think most Jubilate. of the fans are already off the bridge.
4: <laughs> well, I tell you, unless Cal if Cal bet heavy on shared belief yesterday, he might be off the bridge. Hey, here's my here's my prediction, and I've been saying it for a long time. It's not going to matter because I truly believe that Cal will not come back and coach in the fall. I think he's going to the NBA, especially if the Cavs don't win. But I think Cal. Uh, is uh and, and he's deserved a shot to go. I think he wants to prove he can make it in the NBA, but does anybody agree with that? Cal's gone.
1: Um let's let's bring in our guests <laughs> our guests here and see if uh Mr. Derek Anderson
5: has anything to say about that. I think he's always been the type of guy where it's if things are not going his way, he's bouncing. He's out of here. I would think it have to be the like
1: he's not going to rebuild a program. It's gotta be the most ideal situation. There's probably only there's probably in reality only three or four jobs that he'd really go. And I, out of those three or four jobs, I think really the Cavaliers might be the only one that would really hire him. I, like the Spurs I aren't going to hire him. No, nobody's
5: going to hire it's, Nobody it's, but the Cleveland because of the relationship. Like right. no protein will hire him just because of his – because he's not winning in college. So He's just recruiting.
1: I think, I think Cleveland is the only chance
5: only that he chance. has to go on. And if they don't give him that job, he won't. He'll stay. He's not going
1: to the Knicks. He's nah. not going to. You know, he's not a you know, He's he's got to go somewhere where he feels like he can come in and compete right away for an NBA championship.
4: Hey, Derek, I've really enjoyed listening to you last week, so it's great to have you back on the show. Let me ask you: Do you think the Cavs? I forget what the guy's name is, Platt. Maybe if yeah. if he doesn't win at all, do you, do you think that they may boot him?
5: Well, I think LeBron has a say so in that. I think that's the that's the bottom line because right now he's. His second year's first year was his first or second year, right? First year, first year. So, I think they would give it, it depends on how far they go. You know, this league is very fickle. So, if they go finals, they'll give them another chance. If Cal's not the guy, and if not, they'll quickly fire. I mean, they fire more cheeks within the first week, month of Detroit. And it's like, why would you even hire him if you're going to fire him in the first month? You can give him a chance. So, the NBA is definitely like, uh, if you do something good now for us. We'll keep you. If not, we'll let you go.
1: Well, you also got to keep your star happy. I mean, that's that's, exactly. the, that's a really the bottom line. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're, they're if, not going to get If you're LeBron. fortunate
5: enough to have one, yeah, you got to suck up to him. Well, it's a different era, too, because remember Michael Jordan said, hey, if you don't keep Phil, I'm retiring, and they cut Phil. <laughs> they were like, we don't care about you. <laughs> it's the greatest player in the world. And he says, if right. you don't yeah. keep Phil, I'm leaving. And they let Phil go.
2: That's yeah. right. That's a good point. So they hey, don't
5: care. D- Derek what did you
4: think of Dwight Howard
5: back yesterday that
4: was a very impressive uh comeback yesterday I thought
5: yeah that's that's what he could do if he just stopped crying so much
4: <laughs> <laughs> and what's sad
5: is uh the same thing with the Clippers if you notice the Clippers cry the entire game they yeah. should have been out of it the, they should have been in the conference finals at least twice by now with that team but they always yeah. cry into the officials and what Dwight Howard does he cries instead of plays and then yeah. that's the difference in why he he sometimes he looks like a great player and sometimes he likes a a guy who shouldn't even be in the NBA. He's just big for no reason. So I think if he keeps his mindset that way, I think he'll deal, He'll really do well.
2: Plenty of storylines across the NBA playoffs, the Wizards with the upset. Um, Derrick Rose with a solid outing for the Chicago Bulls. How how far do you see this Bulls team going if we can keep or if Derrick Rose can stay somewhat healthy, at least stay on the court?
5: I think they'll do really well. I think uh, I picked them to to be against Cleveland, I thought they would have a better matchup, you know, to get to the conference finals, but it doesn't look like that. So next round, they'll play each other. But I think I think Chicago is just a good team because they play defensive and they pass the ball. They do. Their bigs can pass, and that's not the yeah. most common thing
2: in the NBA. You have Paul Gasol and, and Noah mm-hmm. who are both passing. Yeah, and that's the thing with Cleveland. Passers.
5: If LeBron's not passing, who else is going to pass? Because Kyrie only passes when he's not making shots. If he makes well, a couple, it? he's shooting the rest of the game. So there's hey, a Bennett, difference. Guy. Bennett looked good, didn't he? Derek, yeah, uh, he looked decent. Um, but it's it's a different playoff field, you know. He's playing against guys. Well, who's Milwaukee got? Like, I mean, Michael. I was trying. To, I, I was watching the games yesterday with my buddy, and I said, "How
2: many guys can you name on Milwaukee?" They're just young, talented players. Which, they got they, Michael Carter won. Williams, I think. And he had no, nine
1: didn't he points. Oh, uh, well, and then I guess Tyler Ennis is there now, right? Um,
2: OJ Mayo.
5: Yeah, but none of none Mayo. of those yeah. guys have playoff experience to uh, even give you a good run. No, right.
2: Brandon, your senior leadership or uh, your experience. I mean, that's a. Uh, an interesting dynamic. That's the state of the Eastern Conference exactly. today. Exactly, a That's lot what of what young,
5: talented guys with no direction, no experience. So I think uh, I think they'll beat them. But again, Cleveland. If, if Chicago beats Cleveland, they'll fire Platt that 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 night. Yeah, I
4: agree. I agree. I, and, that, and, and, and and Cal's recruiting woes may change dramatically because they did offer him a
2: huge contract last summer we that he he really considered.
1: We can't believe about the Bucks You know, forget about the bugs having the Greek freak.
2: Oh, yeah. Good luck pronouncing his name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Cooper. <laughs> with a
2: Does anybody have that? Anybody want to volunteer uh, pronunciation? <laughs> you got I'm a, out.
5: You got a dictionary? No, thanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Brian, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Um, appreciate your update. We're just a couple weeks away from the Kentucky Derby. Before we let you go, anything you want to you get in before we let you go? This yeah, morning? I was going
4: to ask Derek what he thought about the Hawks. I, I've been Hawks fan on and off uh, when that was the only team. I-
2: Are you there, Brian? I think we might have dropped him. I think what Brian was mentioning was was back in in his younger days on TNT or TBS. Dominique Wilkins, Mm -hmm. or I think even before Before that, that. yeah, Hubie Brown was the coach of the Hawks, and and because of the Turner Network, um, that Atlanta was the only team that was able to be broadcasted to many markets,
5: and so we could watch. (laughs) Okay, so
2: that's more your era, Derek. um, Is um, and Mike, you too. But, but you say Dominique Wilkins. Who are some? Who, I can't name anybody before Dominique Wilkins on the Hawks.
5: That was tough. That <laughs> yeah. was tough. Derek and I are basically the same age. Yeah, so, so the, we, uh, yeah. That's what we saw him yeah. and Doc Rivers.
1: Well, and then you had, I you know, mean, Dominique and Jordan going at
5: it. Those dunk contests yeah, were the like 80s. epic. You yeah, know. so Spud, well, uh, Spud Webb. You know. Well, tell Brian, I think the Atlanta Hawks are good. And I think with the coaching, they could actually beat people and actually get to a conference finals. The style, no superstars, but I actually think they could beat people. I actually had Nets upsetting him if they get hot, but if Atlanta keeps playing the way they do and passing the ball, nobody will be able to do that consistently. That's the difference in NBA. Guys don't play together as a team, and that's how they lose.
2: So that would be, in your book, Derek, that would be good for the NBA if the Hawks could advance. I mean, hell, in this star-driven Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, um, LeBron James league it would be it would be terrible for
5: the NBA. But it would be great for high school. Wise. No, it'd be great for high school and college kids. Well, I mean, it would, to see a team play the game the right way and how they excelled—that'll help college coaches stop worrying about getting one and done. It'll help high school coaches say, say look what happens when you pass the ball." It'll help that. It won't help the NBA. Ratings will go to the trash if they don't have somebody big name playing.
1: Oh, I think short term maybe, but long term we're gonna if it if people start taking that more of the uh, Spurs Spurs mindset. You know, mm-hmm. and that obviously has worked. That maybe we see then people uh, seeing we just start seeing that better brand of basketball. Like we were talking last week, where we just you know the the actual basketball IQ
5: that we're seeing is so low. It's a players' uh, league now, right? It's not a coaches' league. Remember how right. coaches <laughs> would stick around for four, or five, even six years to build their own team. You know, like the George Carlson building and building. Now you're one and done. Coaches like two years. You're out of here if you don't do a good job in two years two or three years, you're out of here. Mark right. Jackson, 50 and something, and then he won 52 games, and they fired him. Right. What else you got to do? Is your second-year coaching? What yeah. do you want him to do? I, it, it's crazy.
2: No question about it. Players League. plenty to talk about this morning. Oxmore Ford Lincoln Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your take on the Kentucky – fall from grace in the world of recruiting come on now let's come <laughs> on <laughs> i know i'm just kidding They still got many mcdonalds all americans on their teams um, i think they'll be okay no mm-hmm. question about it we'll be back with more of the weekend sports buzz stay tuned don't believe it, just head, 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 oh. Simon,
0: wait a minute Fill my cup
2: put some nigga in it take a sip sign the check Julio, get the strap.
6: Go, 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 go. I'm in love
2: with the welcome back to the weekend sports buzz here on 1450 WXvw 1450 the only locally owned sports radio station in the city of Louisville the only station that provides you with the best weekend sports entertainment that is us not to pat myself on the back but that's what we are we're organic. We bring the best talk to you every, every Sunday from 10 until noon. We've got a full slate of games today. We're, we're full-blown uh, NBA playoff mode. Boston at Cleveland kicks things off at 3 o'clock p.m. Oxmoor-Ford Lincoln Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We would love to hear from you this morning. We're going to head to the Buzzline now. we got our man, The Truth, on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Truth?
7: Well, let me first give you a good job. What a derby class it was put on, wasn't
1: it? Did you have a good time?
7: Oh, my goodness.
1: <clears throat> there's a lot to be excited about, I think, if you're an Indiana fan. I mean, especially if once we found out about Yogi. And from what I understand, Yogi knows that he's not really going to be an NBA draft pick. It's really about he's getting a lot of international money that's being thrown at him. And there's a, a – a, a, I had no idea that there were so many people from – Indianapolis, There's like 18 guys that are playing overseas internationally, and they're all making really good living. From so, Indianapolis? Yeah, and it's, uh, uh, I was having this talk with one of the uh, Indiana beat writers. And so really for Yogi, it's not an NBA decision. This is about do I want to go overseas and make a lot of money. So uh, if he decides to come back, though, they're going to have – th- Thomas Bryant is a game changer for them.
2: Does him coming back – Derek, you probably have an interesting perspective on this. Does, does him coming back help his case for making money overseas?
0: I hope he don't come back because if he don't want to be there, he'll need to be there right
2: around. I agree. What? Oh, uh, shit. I'm sorry. Oh, we got, we got Derek Sorry, back. Derek. My bad. No, sorry. So do you think that him coming back like um, so many guys that have done for the cards – Preston Knowles, for example, mm-hmm. played four years. Um, he, he wasn't being considered to leave early. <laughs> But do you think coming back helps you build your case for? I guess marketing is what you're talking about for building his name recognition, things like that, for for a successful overseas career.
5: But this is what you don't need to worry about. What you need to worry about is getting better. Okay. Yeah. If you get better, your numbers are go up because they said some guys should have came back. Some uh, should have. Uh, you know, when they did come back, like Sebas, the guy from UConn, they oh, said okay. he could have came out. He comes back his senior year, gets the best player of the year, championship.
2: Probably a good NBA Topic. career for you. The year
5: before, he'd won second round. We would have never heard from him again. So it's better to come back and get better. If you don't get better, then, yeah, you wasted your whole time. But that was just, you know, if you're hot, you're hot. If not, just wait. And let's not pretend like it's completely whether or not Yo-Yo wants
1: to be there. He's actually, right. from what I understand, he's getting a lot of pressure from his family on one way or the other. And so the, he's, he'll have to separate it and make the decision that's best for him. And But if he comes back, they got the best backcourt in college basketball. I mean, Yogi and James Blackman.
8: No about
1: it. Yeah, they're tough. Uh, and and that's a great backcourt to build around. And then when you when you think about what Thomas Bryant does for them, from how it just opens things up, gives them that solid presence. in The middle. the guy has a great motor. He can he's a big guy that can play the pace that Indiana wants to play. Um, it's going to make Troy Williams better. It's going to make James Blackman better. I mean, it's uh, it's going to make Hannah Pereira better. I just think. Uh, I think it's a it's a huge ad for them. And then, uh, you know, I was really impressed with the athleticism out of OG. Although OG, once the that was in practice, mm-hmm. once the lights came on, we saw a little different OG. So if he can adjust to that, I think OG in time can be a good player. And I feel like uh, Jawan Morgan could also step up and play some good
2: minutes for them. Did we
1: lose him? Did we lose the truth?
2: Truth, he's still there. Looks like we
1: lost two right, truths, so but,
2: but interesting perspective there from a legitimate Hoosiers fan. You can tell truth calls in when there's something significant going on with the Hoosiers. You had some good guys there uh, for the Hoosiers last week, Mike. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no question about it. If you're a Hoosiers fan, you have reason to feel optimistic right now. It, I'll be honest, though, off-season-wise, that's the same thing I've heard the last couple of years. Right? Well, that, The
1: optimism in IU? Am I wrong? They had, uh, and I was having the same discussion. There was a, a class they had called the movement. You know, it was like Buzz Patterson, who's now up at uh, Syracuse. Jeremy Hollowell, who's at Georgia State. Hannah Pereira. They had all these guys as very similar in the excitement and the feel out of that Shane Behan and Wayne Blackshear class that Louisville had. That just never. That had more issues. I understand they won a national championship. Please do not discredit four, that Mike, please But that's <laughs> that, still that class was not the class that the thought it was gonna be and like ended up losing, you know, Angel Nunez and and Zach Kevin Price and Kevin Ware. Golly, and I Bahana. wish Angel Nunez would have
3: stayed. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? No Seriously.
1: So. if you would
3: have just well, and I think a lot of that has to do with, like, kids' egos because they want to come in and make an impact. If he would have stayed another season, he would have been the man.
2: He he actually had a lot of raw ability. He just mm-hmm. never – they never – Mark Few doesn't see it because he's riding the bench for Gonzaga. I, I wonder, mean,
3: I wonder how much that's, like, attitude. Yeah, I don't know.
2: He doesn't seem like he's somebody who's willing to really go out there and guard and to play the defense and be <laughs> be physical like you need at the the high – uh level of college basketball that's just my my take on him
5: that's probably why coach patino let him go yeah <laughs> yeah
2: rick doesn't um he
5: does, don't practice hard he don't care how good you are
2: no question about it Derek. that brings up an interesting perspective to me but you played 11 years in the nba you never went overseas no nah. you didn't I, have to
5: well no, i had plenty when i was retiring i had a bunch of nba teams still calling and ask me to play and Couple overseas people asked me to play, but I had my—I I didn't have an agent, so everyone had to reach out to me. You know, you could find an agent, tell an agent to call you over. I never had an agent, so they probably were trying to find out how to get in touch with me.
1: Like you never had an agent? No. Nah. Even throughout the NBA career and all that uh, stuff, you yeah, never I did. had an
5: agent. I did an attorney, did my paperwork. My rookie year, we were on set lotteries picks. You know how you get in a spot? Yeah. They're gonna draft you at that spot. Why would you pay an agent two dollars are gonna draft you? It's stupid.
2: What percentage would you have been paying the agent? Two percent. Okay.
5: And then out of like 60 million, he'd have got 2% for telling him, hey, Derek wants to come. I just played. Like, they want me to come. So like, you, why all, are you
1: you negotiate all your own contracts? Yeah, I, took,
5: I took Jordan's old contract and changed his name, put my name and changed the numbers <laughs> and put it. And <laughs> they were yeah. like, cool. It's wow. it's a simple standard contract. That's why I laugh at some of these people. That's how I know these young kids don't think at all. What, is you, what are you going to tell a team that you already saw you play who knows they want you? What is your agent going to say to them? If you represented me right now, what could you tell them that they don't already know?
1: That, I mean, I, there's there's a lot of points to that. I mean,
5: there's nothing you could tell them. Maybe endorsement deals that they have connections with friends and buddies. But when you're in the NBA, they watch your numbers. They watch you play. They if they like you. They like you. They'll sign you. They'll get you. Period. All these guys saying, oh, "I'll talk to my agent." Yeah, it's because you're giving him money to talk for you. Just because they don't know any better, and yep. I don't call them dumb, but I just think they're lazy. Could well,
1: some of that also be though? Like, uh, you know, the agent fronts so much cash to the kid before he no. You're already, cash. I'm talking if you're already in the NBA. Yeah. Why is he fronting? You already got an NBA contract. I'm talking about before right. you're drafted. Well, you know? I don't, I don't, I don't know why. Scheduling the workouts, all that kind of stuff. Why? Yeah, I, I don't know. Because I mean, the team flies not, you. I, I've never had an agent. Do no, the team. The, if the team flies the team will fly you
5: in to work out and put you in a hotel. They will. Yeah. Okay. Get you in. What else you need? <laughs> guys want to. Guys want to be above their means. Like the guy who bought the watch what two years ago to, from Duke. Like, come on. Why would you doing that? Like you haven't got your first contract, and you're spending like a hundred thousand dollars.
2: But but your perspective on players who maybe didn't have the actual ability to stay in the NBA for eleven years, and mm-hmm. you could have stayed in for fifteen or whatever it is. I just
5: got called uh, two years ago. A team called and asked me to come play. Okay, because so <laughs> they had no shooters. So you never would
2: have had to play in overseas. Fortunately, <laughs> no. But what's your take on it? I mean, is it, how big of a step down is that from the NBA? You, I'm sure you've got many friends who who played for years overseas and made a really good living.
5: I think it's fun. I, I thought about going just for the experience. I thought it would be cool to go overseas, you know, Europe play, and then they told me you practice twice a day, and that's when I knew it wasn't for me. I was like – I want to come and just play. You know, yeah. I've already proven myself. I can play. Let's just practice and play and get better. But that's a real job to them. Like they practice twice a day. They go through it, and it's like a college game to them. That's the reason I didn't go. But I think it's a great experience. So if anybody goes and you love to play basketball, go overseas. That's a great place. They they give you a place to live. Yep. They Car. give you
1: transportation. You're a they celebrity, their food.
5: Mm-hmm. You get a
1: per diem, and then you get paid on top of that. <laughs> yeah, but
2: cool. on top of that, you may be something along the lines of Brandon Jennings. Who remember did not go to college? Instead, went and played. Where was it? I don't know where it was, but he, he had to ride the bench. Mm-hmm. They right. had a bunch of team, uh, a team full of veterans, and they said, "This punk American, we're not playing him." Mm-hmm. And so you're right. I guess it's almost back to college, yeah, back to a college well, atmosphere.
1: Is having that humbling experience really that bad for an NBA kid? No, they all need, it. <laughs> they all need it, right? <laughs> Moutier is going through the same thing right now. I mean, he when he first went over, he didn't he didn't play a ton. Do you blame that on the parents or
5: the coaching? Who do you, who would you blame that on? If on you the, saw kids. Act like him,
1: uh, like Moody. Yeah, M- I I I'm, I know the Moody situation a little bit better than I know most. So like I know that he does not have great people around him. I, I mean that's that's what it comes down to. It's really uh, Jaquan Lyles another great example. Okay, mm-hmm. where's just, he at? He's at. He didn't qualify for Oregon, mm-hmm. so he had to go to IMG. He didn't make it the full year at IMG. And now he's committed to Ohio State next year. This is a guy, a six six guard, who everyone said was one of the best NBA prospects three years ago. Mm. And his...
2: He's from Evansville or he's something? He's from
1: Evansville. And because of... Uh, uh, he's spells. not a bad kid, but because of what you have around you and have helping you, and I think it's the same point uh, Eric has kind of on the agent. You know, if you've got a good support system and you've got the people around you to help you make the right decisions and you've got the brain... To take all that on, right? But if you don't have the right people around you, you got a lot of stuff flying at you at once. You know, um, you need to have the, the advisor role, someone to just kind of pull you back into place.
5: And a lot of kids follow stuff. Like I didn't have anybody to tell me any of that stuff. Like, right. My first check I got was two hundred fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> and holy jeez,
1: my Could first check.
5: Imagine? But then I got it was one hundred twenty seven thousand, and I called the attorney. And it's like, well, who is FICA? <laughs> you know, because I had never dealt with money like right. that. Right. I never did. Taxes, I was 18. Like, you know, I came out, so it was like different. So for me, it was like you have to educate yourself. A lot of these kids don't care. They'd rather be seen on social media with looking nice instead of actually learning a business. So I can't blame parents or people around you. I think if you want to protect yourself and your money, you would learn.
1: That's an educational problem. I mean, there's there's business owners who do this. Because they're thing.
5: 18, 19 years old. Right.
1: But I'm saying, even there's people who at, even at edu- 27. very
2: educated people who get into a situation of making money. Maybe mess up on their taxes or this or well, that. Well, that's
5: different. I'm saying not then, wanting to learn. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. key. That's, that's what true. I'm saying. When you give someone that type of money, the people you're talking about don't just get their first check is 250 They uh, want to school. True. They've gone through graduation. They've gone through intern. They've that's gone through true. job after job. And then when they get that, they, they have to figure it out.
2: It's not the lottery type feel.
5: Yeah, but you look at these young kids, 18, 19, 20, even 21-year-olds. you giving this guy that much money that quick, no one knows how to deal with that. Back to
2: the overseas topic. We saw a guy like Dominique Wilkins late in his career, mm-hmm. although he could have played, and he did. I think he came back and played for the Spurs after he had played in, I think it was France. Yeah. Um, that's got to be an interesting experience because he was he reached the very, the, just the heights of the NBA. Then he went over and probably lived it up. Had the respect <laughs> of his teammates. Had to of you. He, hell, he was the, the human highlight film. Right and probably got just the full experience, and then he said, I'll come back to the NBA at that point. So that, that's a different feel when you start to make the decision to go overseas.
5: A lot of that's pride, though.
2: What's, what's, what has of, to do with pride? You want pride. shots? You want things like that? Is that yeah, he
5: still wanted to be the man where if you'd have come someone else, you'd have been sitting on the bench sometimes, and that's not what Dominic Wilkins wanted. He wanted to go, hey, I still got it. You know guys never want to put it down. I still got it. So he goes over there and shoots all the balls, and they don't say anything. So he averages 28. He comes over here, and he can't get a shot off. You know, he had everybody on top of him at that point. We were all in the NBA. Like, Tracy McGrady was guarding him. It was just like, oh, he can't get this off. I not on Tracy. So now he's like, oh, man, I might need to return. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard, I guess, to realize you're not 28
1: anymore,
2: right? Exactly. I mean, it's brutal watch out. Yeah. Iverson had an interesting experience with it. He didn't play overseas at all, though, did he? I thought he did. He went did, to China did or something, did he? right? I okay. thought he might have. I don't know. I'll check that out. Yeah, thank you. Because
5: Stephon on Marbury's having a great career.
3: Well, then, on the other side, playing overseas for women yeah. – it's probably better than playing in the WNBA. That's Interesting. Way more money. Way, way more, more
1: money. Lifestyle. Mean, it's not even close. Mm-hmm. If Which you is had unfortunate. A, if you had the WNBA players choose said they could only play in one, the WNBA would be gone because the – w- be like, Yeah, the WNBA yeah.
3: would be
2: empty. You're right. Uh, wow. He played in Turkey for 2010-2011 season. Mm-hmm. Um, Iverson did. I didn't realize he had been out of the league that long, but, yeah. Uh, three,
5: four years ago he was playing in Turkey. Do you know Stefan Marber is like a king over in China now? I've heard about that, yeah. yeah. So it's, it just depends on, you know, what your style is. He doesn't mind not being the man over there. He just wants to play. I think he may be on the same – Bonzi Wells is doing, I think, well. Or at oh, least, is
2: he still overseas? I, I, at one point recently, I think he was Wildy in North. China. Um, Randolph Morris, Kentucky player. Well, he
5: never played in the NBA long anyway. He, he did. Like he was briefly
2: years. on maybe the Knicks or Knicks something.
1: Toronto. The Knicks yeah. yeah. That was that weird situation where he got, like, picked up in the middle of the college season.
2: Yeah, he just left school yeah. <laughs> and got put on a roster. That was crazy. That was weird. He was real good friends with Dwight Howard, I think. Is he he was in the same area,
1: both out the same area. Okay, okay. And,
2: and he thought he could make it, but uh, to the point of the conversation, he he probably made a lot of money playing in China. Still does. I'll bring it up right here. But, well, that that goes uh, and back He won for, a title, I think.
3: Mm-hmm. Got to
2: be very fulfilling, regardless of where you're at. People yeah. look a little different than you and stuff. But he
5: just <laughs> got tired of the <laughs> NBA stuff.
3: Kelly, what? It's so funny. Nobody <laughs> even caught
2: it. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I NBA. I mean, in all seriousness. Um, it's a different experience. You not. You don't have your family or friends around you. But if you're winning titles and you have people worshiping you, probably
5: not that big of a difference than, than here in the United States. But it goes back to Mike's egg when you said it depends on the people around you. Yeah. He got rid of all those people around him. So now he can live a free, do all my own stuff. I ain't like Who's coming to China and stand with him probably? <laughs> Nobody. Which is great. Yeah, so like he said, he gets his own process and time to himself. He gets rid of that other stuff. So that might have been good for him. From
2: 2010...
5: Until current day, Randolph Morris has played
2: in China. Uh, from 2007 to 2008, he was with the Knicks, and then he was in 2008 to 2010, he was with the Hawks. But he's now been at 6'11", 275, with pretty good offensive skills, just for whatever reason. Some people, I think, maybe it has a, a degree of humility that goes into it, things like that, where you're able to um, recalibrate yourself to excelling in a, an entirely different environment. or If that's your only option, that's a different... A different animal, but, but he's done a real good job with it. Very interesting uh, point or conversation piece, in my opinion. Today we have games. We have 3 o'clock. We have the Boston Celtics against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, you guys got any feelings on that game? Obviously, at this point, Golden State would be the favorite to win the title, I think. But Cleveland with LeBron and, and Kyrie and, and, I mean, hell, J.R. Smith and that whole team... They've got to be one of the front runners to still win the title when you got LeBron on your team, right?
1: I, I, mean, yeah. I, I mean yeah. I, mean, I
3: would yeah. definitely say yes. Absolutely.
1: I yeah. mean when we talk about the big three that they had in Miami with Wade, LeBron and uh Bosh. <sighs> you know, most people I think That's still,
3: <laughs> I still can't.
2: Ashley doesn't like Chris Bosh
3: at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the big so two. you'd much rather
1: have you'd much rather have a, a big three of I'd I'd rather Kyrie, I'd Ky- rather I'd play Kyrie play. And, and Love and yeah Kyrie Love and, and James
3: or I'd rather replace Chris Bosh myself.
1: Just you play you play roles I'll play, play those yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're a better rebounder. Yeah, way better. That's the problem, <laughs> exactly. that,
3: and that's my issue with him. I'm like yeah. I'm five nine and a half. I can rebound better than that
5: dude. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad.
1: We got somebody on the Oxmoor uh, on the Oxmore 4 Lincoln Buzzline 384 1450 if you want to join the show.
2: We do. We're going to head to the buzzline now. We got our man, Carolina Steve, is on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Carolina?
8: Just fine, but I'm kind of upset that y'all haven't mentioned the best sports team that U
2: of L has.
1: Is that baseball?
2: The baseball team. We
1: didn't we did briefly.
2: Brian mentioned it, yeah. at least for a moment. They won via a Uh, uh, stealing of home yesterday? They
8: are right now leading the division in the ACC. They have two losses in it. I believe last time I checked, they were ranked number six in the nation in baseball, and they have the one coach there that I really, really like, Coach McDonald.
2: There you go. No question about it. Being in the ACC for baseball is certainly nothing to sneeze at, right? Absolutely. I mean, ACC
1: is a great baseball conference. So is the, the SEC. And so is the SEC, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and those games are free. You know, they go over the – we've had some great spring weather. If it's not raining, go over there, check a baseball game out. You know, a lot of fun.
2: No question about it. We get to see guys like Chris Dominguez, former – Who got sent down, by the way. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. But But still – what a great setup. Mike, you're wearing your Reds hat. we got the, the Bats here in town. we got the Cincinnati Reds what an hour and a half up the road. Um, I think it's a great setup in the marriage between the, the Louisville Bats, the Louisville baseball program, and the Cincinnati Reds. Although it doesn't move the needle near as much, and we're not going to get the best ratings if we talk about baseball all show. Do We really care about ratings. We just do what we do. We just do what we do, but... The interest in baseball is there. You go to like high schools like PRP and things like that. Baseball is very significant in the city.
1: Well, we've got a strong baseball tradition. I mean, we've got a lot of good baseball players that have come out of this area, and, uh, all the way back to guys like Pee Wee Reese.
2: Yeah, no question about it. Carolina, what else is on your radar this morning?
8: Well, I just want to, before I leave, ask you all, if you all know, I know the answer to this. When is the last time that an ACC team won the NCAA baseball championship.
1: I know it's been like fourteen years ago.
8: Really? Um, it Cle- keep going back? It's more than that. Is it
1: okay? Was it? Was it North Carolina?
8: No, but it's in the state of North Carolina.
2: With Clemson, I'm going with Wake.
8: Wake Forest in 1955.
2: What? Oh, wow!
6: Wow! <laughs>
8: wow! And the reason Dude. I know that. I knew it
6: was a crazy uh, so, number, but I didn't uh, know People
8: that in my hometown were on that baseball team that won it and uh, everything. But keep it up. It's a good summer. And today, let's hope it don't rain. So Thunder Valley will thunder at Bristol, Tennessee. Y'all have a nice day.
2: Thank you very much for the call, Kelly. You,
1: you need to do that, Kelly. You need to go to Bristol one year. Especially cool. for the night race because
2: it I've is. I've heard those are fun places to go to. I've it's... never been to anything. Derek, you ever been to any type of NASCAR race, anything like
5: that? Yeah, I've been to a couple. Have you? Yeah. Where at? Uh, well, I played when I was in Charlotte. Played, I was going to yeah, say, were, we played in Charlotte. Yeah, we had Jeff Gordon, a bunch of those guys come over. They we were friends with Jordan, so we used to always kind of hang out with them. What about Brad Daughtery? That's he, it. Wait man, Let's, let's picture
1: Jeff Gordon and Michael Jordan hanging
5: out. Uh, Good at, I mean, I, well, they didn't actually hang out. We <laughs> hung out with him. But, and, uh, <laughs> he was the man. Like, Kelly Patrick and Adrian Bronner. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
5: was Jeff Gordon, you say he was the – He it, was the man. In Charlotte, yeah. he's kind of looked up to as – I mean, we were—they were building a Hall of Fame, some kind of museum yeah. or something—and he was coming around, and we were all just kind of like, Man. "That wasn't that long ago." Yeah, I was like, "Oh no!" Nah. Yeah,
2: were you ever a teammate of Brad
5: Daughtery's in Cleveland? No, he was when I got there. They—they they got rid of everybody, like so, Terrell Brandon, Mark Price, all those guys left.
2: Okay, so so it wasn't that far.
5: No, I was probably like
2: three years before. Okay, before they all retired. But that's an interesting transition Brad Daughtery's <laughs> made with the um, being very significant in the world of. Uh, broadcasting nascar hey speaking
1: of interesting transitions and we only got a couple minutes left in this hour so i I don't want to hang on this too much but since we are you know we can kind of do what we want to do we can talk about this what's your overall feeling about 84 WHES getting rid of sports talk radio
2: I'd say, in my opinion, it's a direct reflection of the current state of sports radio in the city, which is 93.9, 680, um, 1450, I mean, the sports bus. 1450 in, in all seriousness. All these strong 790s been around forever. That's Clear Channel, obviously. That's not a competitor of 840. But the independent ESPN radio affiliates, which 1450 is, is, um, is right in the same mold of all sports stations. There's just a lot of them. It hasn't been the case. But if you're an old-school person which I'm not so much of because I'm just not, not that old. Um, <laughs> Tony Cruz. Uh, who else? Um, Lachlan McLean, obviously, we just left. Van Vance. Who am I leaving out? There's another one there. I think
1: Van Vance actually might have been the uh, the, the air- original. Because if I remember right, it started in like the early 80s.
2: But, but that crystal clear sound of 840, there is something to be said for that strongest signal around. And there's many households across the city and the surrounding area that – are very upset about
1: it. Well, I mean, it was definitely the first sports radio show I remember. And then uh, growing up, and then when I got my first car, I only had an AM radio in this 1976 Monarch that was like just we used to just go in parking lots and run over shopping carts with. What? Uh, yeah, oh. that's what we did for fun.
2: Oh my god! <laughs>
1: the uh, but that's when 1450 kind of hit the airways with sports with sports radio then, and it kind of got me introduced to like. Johnny, Johnny the Freak and, uh, and uh, John Renshaw, John Renshaw, uh, Arnie Spanier, and Papa Joe Chevalier. But there was always that 840 presence, which I always kind of I always looked at eight, the 840 show kind of as the flagship local sports radio and show.
2: And it was. And, and even now, just being honest, Lachlan McLean is the number one sports radio show in the city still. It was at night. Derek, what about you growing up being an elite athlete? Did you, was that something that was in the, did you, have much idea about sports radio, sports talk radio, or were you more focused on your, your stuff? Did you know about uh, Van Vance or any of the guys who were, who, were, who were talking about you, or were you basically worried about
5: your productivity on the court? Yeah, I watched like, I watched two news stations. I won't say the name of them, but I watched two of them because the other two didn't come in too much. Too okay. Clear, so. <laughs> so it was simply what was available. Exactly. We didn't listen to radio a lot uh, except the morning before you going to school. WLOU, that was it. There was no sports talk on WLO. It'd be like <clears throat> all news, business, you know, lifestyle, stuff like that. And by the time I, first time I remember hearing a radio station was when I went to Ohio State. I heard one of their radio stations. Sports radio? Yeah, it was one of their sports radio. And they had the big buzzes about, who am I? Who is Derek Anderson? Yeah, because I was the last guy to sign. I was supposed to go to Louisville and all this big stuff. And I was like, oh, they really signed this kid from Louisville. Like, who is this guy? So they had me come on. And that's the first time I ever. Did a like, did a radio interview? Yeah, wow! And then when I came back to Lexington, it was like all I heard was K Wood effort. Like they oh yeah, could, they could care less about her, anything else. You just if you heard K Wood, you were good. So I was I was excited to see who he was, meet him and whatnot. And and after that, then after I graduated from college, is when I started hearing all the radio stations in Louisville. Like I would come home in the summer, and be like, man, this is this is cool. Like you get to speak speak the truth. Yeah, not a lot of opinion stuff is actually the truth. Most places it's like opinions, but this is actually a place where you can speak the truth. So I, I started loving it. What about any of the cities that you played in? Uh, do any stand
2: out? Any shows in particular? Sports radio or any? I mean, uh, did Cleveland has a big sports radio presence. Or, or well, a lot, or is a lot that of the something stuff that was, was on your back burner.
5: That was on a back burner because a lot of all you had back then was ESPN trying to pick everything up. You know, they even had CNN Sports trying to pick stuff up, but. I still think Kentucky's got, like, especially Louisville's got, like, the best radio programs out because they actually speak about everybody. If you go to North Carolina, they'll never speak about Kentucky unless you lose. Well, here it's like we speak about everything, and that's the difference. Like, we know sports because this is a sports town. You know, from the horses to the football to basketball, we know baseball. Like, we variety. Boxing. When you go to, yeah, boxing. Like, we go most places, they only speak about one or two things. Go to Alabama and see what they talk about. Football, football, and then football. That's it. Like, they don't talk. They got other sports, but you never hear anything about them. You never hear about boxing, gymnastics, nothing. So I think Kentucky is just one of those places that we breathe. at. We got Muhammad Ali. We got Kentucky, Louisville, the horses, Louisville Slugger. Think about where we don't fit in. So it's like it's not being biased. It's the truth. We know so much about sports. We just – we're always in tune to it.
1: Definitely one of the most underrated sports markets in the country. I mean, um, I – and I, we hear that from other sports media people when they come in for the Derby. I think you hear that you know, people are amazed by our sports culture. Mm-hmm. That really is vibrant through the city.
2: Especially in, in basketball. You're right. We can talk about the – especially with someone like you or you, Mike or Derek or Ashley or anybody that we talk to really can talk about Kansas basketball or anything. Wake Forest, we have – whatever that comes up. If it has to do with basketball, we're going to speak – and else, we're going to speak about it knowledgeably.
5: But who else knows – who else has the top sports like we do? Name one other state. It's got like, them all covered. It's got them all covered. From Louisville Slugger, the, the bats, Muhammad Ali, the greatest boxer, mm-hmm. Kentucky the winners' basketball program, Louisville's the top team tier program in the country. Tell me who else has that. NASCAR, everything. You
3: need start adding
5: yeah. baseball and Steamboat soccer. races.
3: A, a steamboat, <laughs> Yeah.
5: Like, think about it, The Kentucky Derby, Kentucky horse Derby? racing. To, uh, what other state covers that much stuff? Even in New York and L.A., they don't oh, cover that. Oh, our, our, our PGA presence. Oh, oh yeah. That's uh-huh. right. That's Very right. Very true.
3: Yeah.
5: Arnold Palmer. Uh, yeah.
3: This is the place to golf be. Of course. This is the place to be. Yeah. But that's it's
5: just the fact that we know so much because we're living it. Not just saying we want to be biased. We actually live it. So, I great. think that's why we're great. Great sports town. No question about it.
2: <laughs> we're going to head to a break. On the other end of the break, we'll have uh, Ashley's Ashley Cinco I know Mike has a description of... Of that segment, but we'll be back. Be sure to stay tuned for more of the weekend sports buzz.
1: Welcome back to the weekend sports buzz here on 1450 a.m. It is now time for the most electrifying segment in radio. Welcome to Ashley's Loco Cinco, otherwise known as
3: Ashley's Crazy. <laughs> Well, after that intro, the first story (laughs) is about the WWE. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So that worked perfectly. So apparently the WWE is cashing in on Eddie Hot Stuff Gilbert, even though he's been dead for 20 years, um, at least according to his family, who is dragging WWE into court To get a cut of the money So according to court documents um, Eddie Gilbert's father Tommy Gilbert Is in charge of his estate And says the WWE is plastering his son's Image and likeness All over television and other media platforms Without permission and more importantly Without paying him a dime So Tommy says uh, Old wrestling footage of Eddie A pro from 1979 until his death um, Of a heart attack in 1995 Is being used to promote the WWE Um that's, Just, my,
1: that's my heyday of wrestling, too, and I don't, I mean, I don't know this guy at, all. at I would, all. I have no idea who this guy is. I don't know is. who this guy is, Who are you talking either? about? Eddie, Eddie Hot Stuff
2: Gilbert. Hot Stuff Gilbert. No, I've never heard of him. Maybe he wrestled. So look him up. Maybe he was Buff Bagwell or something like that. Did no.
1: He wrestled, no. Another another name? It looks like he wrestles under Hot Stuff Gilbert.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But I'd, pan- like, I'd like for that to be my wrestling name. Hot
1: Stuff. It could be your radio name.
3: No, yours is Thug Life. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. All right. Eddie Hot Stuff Gilbert. All right. Someone look him up. I'm looking
1: him up on Wikipedia right now.
3: Um, Apparently, Eddie's family is not suing to block the footage. They just want a judge to force WWE to fork over a share of its profits plus damages. Uh, WWE believes they have full clearance. Um, And their rep says the organization has purchased full legal rights to the old footage from some other wrestling group, such as ECW or WCW. And as a result, they feel like this lawsuit will be dismissed. Okay, here's
1: the reason why. He, He was really only in the WWF or WWE, whatever, from 82 to 84. He was one under Eddie Gilbert and Tommy Gilbert. He went to WCW and did like the local... Stuff that we would see here with uh, Jim Crockett little mm. towards the World oh, yeah, yeah, garden, garden stuff, oh, yeah. yeah,
2: Memphis type. We stuff. didn't
3: even include wrestling there, and all. Of no, we're, oh, we we we're a big wrestling, mm. oh, that's right.
1: absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, but that's why we probably never heard of him.
3: My question is, why are they using his footage from that long ago?
1: No idea, especially if he has no name recognition whatsoever
3: at all. Question:
5: Does the WWE have a like a union for no, a the wrestlers? Know. That's
1: actually a big deal because the supposedly the contracts those guys signed – they're so shifted towards benefiting the WWE.
5: So that's the, my
1: point. Like, yeah. what are
5: the family arguing if the contracts that WWE signed right. say that? Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying. If you don't have a union, who's going to fight for? Who's going to represent? Yeah, you? no one's going to represent. Yeah. It. yeah, that contract is standard. They can do what they want at that point. Like college, you know how the O'Bannon uh, kids trying to right. get money. We signed our life away.
1: That was all in the. Uh, that was all in the Sunny Vacaro thirty for thirty. The whole Eddie O'Bannon thing and everything. Really? Was all there Yeah, no, so we signed our life. away. Definitely yeah. check that thing out if you get a chance. It was really good.
3: Gotcha. Wow.
5: WWE needs a union.
2: <laughs> In drug testing.
5: Oh, well, well, no, that's why they don't have a <laughs> that
3: union. That <laughs> was I was going to say. That would shut the whole thing down. <laughs> story number two, follow-up story for you, Kelly Patrick, on uh, my favorite story from last week and Aaron Hernandez's ID being <laughs> sold on <laughs> the Internet. So apparently it was rejected. Um, so it was on Amazon, I think, first. Or wait. I think it was on there. And now, then it was on Craigslist. Um, and Craigslist banned the sale of the item. So now the seller took it to Facebook. <laughs> so um, this guy, whoever he is, that currently has the ID. He says that he just happened to come across the item um, during his stint at the same jail with Hernandez. Um, So he tried, yeah, it was eBay. So he tried it on eBay, but the site killed the auction. He moved it to Craigslist. They shut it down. So now he moved it to Facebook, where he upped the asking price to $6,000, and he put as a sales pitch, act fast. Who knows how long this may be posted? (laughs) (laughs) The good news is, at least all of this was spelled correctly, which is a step up from last week.
1: And uh, now Aaron Hernandez is on suicide watch.
3: Uh, is he? That's not a shocker. is
1: no. it? I mean that's news. That in the last hours. they gave him hours, life not... without the possibility right. of parole.
3: Yeah, Dang. I don't I have no
2: idea. Maybe, I, I, maybe if that happened to me, I'd be on suicide watch. I don't know, but that guy's definitely crazy. no. You
3: he's would de- be trying to break out of jail. I would
5: be trying to break <laughs> out, but he's definitely crazy. So I mean, but that's what I was going to say. I don't think he. I don't think we would Can un- con- con- comprehend it because none of us are like thinking like he was right. that night. He, everything went down. Like, none of us would have did that. No. So I think what his mindset is, like, everything that he thought he could get away with has come back to, like, okay, I can't. So now what do I do? He has no other thought process besides that. Whole different reality than I can just walk around, get into an
2: argument with some guys at a bar, and then go shoot them in a car. Because I think he, if he would have got off on this, he would have been like
5: OJ. He could oh. not stop getting out of trouble. That's an interesting thing His mentality is he just is going to keep doing stuff. I just think that's just the type of person he is. If he would have got off with this— Zimmerman's always in trouble. It's like certain people have bad patterns, like habits. They continue to keep doing it. So Hernandez, I just think he, he's probably just one of those guys. And we were just talking about Scott Payne. He's like, until you change, something dramatically makes you change. You don't ever comprehend it. Now he, he doesn't have a choice. Is OJ in jail?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: He's yes. got because he held up those left. guys who stole his memorabilia? Broken their hotel and all this other stuff. So he's got like two, three years left.
3: You know who I'd like to talk to in this situation? Who? His fiance. Who OJ's? No, Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez. Because she was she like, ratted him out, didn't she? Well, she I don't know, but she was sitting there in the courtroom sobbing her eyes out, and I was just like, "Why are you still with him? Yeah, with this man? He might kill you. Maybe she's just afraid he might kill her. Next. Did she know? Well, it Did was he her. Know? It was her sister's. Boyfriend or Odin Lloyd was Something. dating.
2: I think it was her. Uh, I think it was her sister. She's the mother to his, or... his child. Also, I think. Oh well, maybe that's So they, why. They're, they're connected. Yeah, that that makes an emotional connection. Exactly. Yeah, you don't want to see your son's dad go away. Yeah. Meanwhile, okay.
3: Adrian Peterson's back in the league. That wasn't on the list, but I just had
2: to throw that in there. <laughs> Dwight Howard was facing some kind of some. What was Dwight Howard? What was up with Dwight Howard? I'll bring it up. I don't know. All right,
3: moving we're right going around. on story, story number three. Uh, Los Angeles Kings superstar Jared Stoll, um, also known as boyfriend of Aaron Andrews, was arrested in Vegas this week on suspicion um, of drug possession for allegedly bringing cocaine and ecstasy to a Las Vegas pool party. Who is this? Jared Stoll. He's okay. a Los the, Angeles the, the, Kings star. The, the,
2: the, girl fr- the boyfriend of Aaron, Aaron Andrews. Andrews. Okay, yes. you got. I'm listening.
3: I know you are. Your intent is just one of them. Um, According to local reports, 32-year-old Stoll was busted on uh, Friday at the Wet Republic pool party at the MGM Grand. Stoll was reportedly taken into custody by Las Vegas Metro Police Department. It was unclear if Aaron Andrews was actually with him at the time. Um, Stoll was taken to the Clark County Detention Center where he was booked and was released on a $5,000 bail. So um, they said he was in Vegas to unwind after the Kings (laughs) were. Unwind, all (laughs) right. To unwind, right. um, After the Kings were eliminated from uh, the NHL playoffs. And uh, the Kings have issued a statement basically saying we are aware of police reports um, out of Clark County, Nevada regarding Jared Stoll. Organization is concerned and has begun conducting a thorough internal investigation. While we continue to actively gather facts, we are withholding further comment at this time. So. That should be an interesting one to watch.
1: He's in love with the cocoa.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Justin? Just
1: literally.
2: Justin du- <laughs> Johnson, who dates um, uh, Wayne Gretzky's <laughs> daughter. Is that right? Dude, he, she's a troublemaker. He, and he was caught with all the cocaine, too. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of... I guess it's cocaine and ecstasy is pretty prevalent. And um, I wonder if this hurts... I wonder if this increases the likelihood. Because Aaron Andrews is basically like a political... I mean, not a political figure, but... Um, does it? How much does this damage Aaron Andrews' image? And is she going to break up with him?
1: I mean, no worse <laughs> than her planting the guy, you know, videoing her. You think she planted that? No, I'm just
2: joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously,
3: do you think, I mean, I'd, I'd say there's a chance she just breaks up with him. I mean, who knows? Maybe next week we'll find out that she was there. Yeah, you never know. You never okay. know. If, right Kobe's on the wife,
5: if Kobe's wife can stay with him for what he did, <laughs> anything's possible. This is true. Or Magic's wife.
3: Oh, oh God. Right, that yeah, takes Magic's the cake wife, right yeah. there. That takes the cake. She's a right Cookie of Johnson, hands down. She is a. And uh, Hillary a Clinton. Clinton. You got to put those two up there. Hillary Clinton. Because <laughs> one thing, there. I don't know. I don't the whole know. world knows your husband's cheating on you. Yeah, and you got to stand next to him in a press conference without punching him in the face.
1: Joanne Petina. Sure.
2: Ooh. Gosh. That's a top three right there. I mean, <laughs> that's three right just there. got
3: real in the weekend sports buzz. And now, story number four, Um, Johnny Manziel finally speaks. Um, (laughs) He says that he's learned a tremendous amount about himself during his stint in rehab, and he's ready to prove that he's a changed man, which we've heard a couple times (laughs) from other people just mentioned in this show. Um, The Cleveland Browns uh, issued a statement or the Q- Cleveland Browns quarterback, excuse me, issued the statement in which he apologized for letting down the Browns organization and his fans. He also says he takes full responsibility for his actions, and though he doesn't get into specifics, he's clearly referring to his highly publicized alcohol fueled vendors <laughs> last season, um, partying before games, and all that type of stuff. He uh, includes by saying he wants to focus on football and wants to be the best possible player, teammate, and man that he can be. It was a long statement. I'm not going to read it, but...
2: What do you all think? Do you think? I mean, best of luck to problems. You know, that, that's best of luck to him. Which you should understand. Oh, yeah. I, I've had issue statements just like that. Yeah. But, uh, okay. no, I, I think that's what's expected. That's what his PR or his agent, whoever it is, rep, probably recommended or wrote for him to, to say. So, not surprising. How, uh, but but
1: how, do you, how, does, how do the Browns take this kid? I mean, they don't have great quarterback depth on the roster. You can't like you basically are. <clears throat> he's got to be, I guess. You can't just put him back in the starter role. I mean, in some way, no, you, have you to certainly make cannot. They it. signed
2: Josh McCown. Uh, no, but way. That's it. no way. No way. Connor Shaw
1: not, and and Thaddeus Lewis. That's who else they have. No, no
2: way would I start Johnny Manziel for my NFL team right now. So no Josh way. McCown's the starter. Oh yeah, Johnny Manziel may be third or fourth string. Dang. I know that sounds <laughs> bad. I mean, they got to do something. Did to... you guys see him play? I, My Bengals beat the hell out of him, sacked him like fifteen times or something. He's gonna die. <laughs> he is not a good NFL quarterback. He's fast for college, yeah. but he's not even—he's not Michael Vick. He can't outrun NFL players. Right.
5: He's—he's he's definitely a tower pick. But his whole thing with him is he plays best when he's got an attitude.
3: Yeah, he has like a chip on his. So shoulder. are you saying yeah. that this—this this can be that chip? Just like Tiger. I don't think.
5: But the thing about him is, I'm like you said, this is not the same type of t- the talent. Like the talent level is too different for him to play with a chip and expect to, hey, I'm I'm mad, so I'm going to run against the linebacker and go straight up head head He'll get his neck broke. Linebackers run 4-4 in the NFL. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think he needs to get his mindset to where he needs to figure out what he's going to do actually because he, he's he's probably 75 going in the wrong direction right now, 70%, 75% going in the wrong direction. Unless he goes on another team and they let him just do what he wants to do he becomes like Mike Vick Digg and just become exciting and just plays that way. Because a lot of teams want to win, but some teams like you know, like uh, uh, Tampa Bay, I thought someone like that who had no chance of winning for a while would just get him and let him say, hey, bring some ticket sales. That's right. We'll let you run around crazy. We'll let you throw a couple interceptions, throw some good stuff, make some good plays. Sell and some get tickets. Defen- exactly. Because Cleveland's trying to win now. You know, So that's why I didn't get why they didn't do it. Or Jackson Jaguar team, they they knew they were going to well, win. Well, that's
1: like why I didn't get with Jacksonville, like why they just didn't sign Tebow. I mean, because just signing
5: Tebow, you're going to sell, what, Florida's Just follow the street. Yes. Tim yeah. Tebow. How many tickets is Aww. Tim Tebow worth? I, actually loves Tim I would Tebow. say at least five. 5 I would say five. Yeah. So the 6000 arena, now you got half arena full. Right. That would have it.
1: 5,000 tickets, which cost of, let's just say,
5: $100 a piece. Yeah. You That's know? a game. Yeah. And then let him play. Yeah. Yeah. Let right. him play. Yeah. Let him do some stuff. Let him run Never around. Never understood that either. Yeah. Know? Yeah.
2: Well. Thus far, Aaron Andrews' boyfriend definitely gets my vote. Do we have a, a fifth?
3: We have a fifth story. Um, I don't know if you all heard about this or not, but I missed it for a while. But ESPN reporter uh, Britt McHenry.
1: Oh, this is the winner.
3: Has been <laughs> sus- <laughs> I, I heard a little bit about this. What, dun, was, the dun, story? Dun. what was the story? Um, she's been suspended. Uh, she, former Stetson woman soccer player was suspended um, on Thursday after a video surfaced of her insulting a towing company uh, well, a towing company clerk's intelligence job and appearance. Uh, so, ESPN spokesperson made a statement that McHenry was suspended for a week. Uh, the Washington based reporter has been working with them. Since March of 2014, she goes on to Twitter to apologize, says, In an intense and stressful moment, I allowed my, mo- my emotions to get the best of me and said some insulting and regrettable things. She tweeted this on Thursday. Um, as frustrated as I was, I should always choose to be respectful and take the high road. I'm so sorry. The high I, road. The high, the high
1: road. road. Which – which, what roads do you actually have to take in this situation? There is no high road to take in this <laughs> just situation. Just shut up. It's the high road. Just
3: be quiet. She says, I'm so sorry for my actions, and we'll learn from this mistake.
1: Never apologizes to the lady.
3: Never. Um And so apparently um, on, she made some comments. One quote that I liked was, Maybe if I was missing some teeth, they would hire me, huh? <laughs> um, was the
2: lady missing teeth? I guess.
3: I don't know. I guess. But can you somebody find the video? She's a cute girl. Oh. But so, but she's apparently supposed to be back in a week. But uh, I'll play it. Is there is there profanity? I don't know. I, was, okay, I didn't I'm get not, to watch it. I bet all there things. was. Maybe you're not. Mad at a they a about, about. Well, <laughs> have you guys ever been towed in front of you?
2: No. no. That is very frustrating.
3: You would know. Why do you have all these experiences? Because you're the resident thug. Um, But apparently she also tells the lady she's in the news. She'll sue the company. Um, At one point...
1: Do you know who I am?
3: Yeah, the woman... And by At the winter, way, she's being recorded. Did anyone
1: here know who Britt McHenry was before I didn't. This? Why no. would she
3: say that? How would someone just randomly know who she was? And what we're sports hell? fans. Yeah. But she talks about her education and her weight. Um, so I'm interested to actually hear the video. But um, apparently not everyone on ESPN wants her back on the air. Uh, several employees, um, including some of the on-air talent, uh, said plain and simple she should have been fired. Um, and one producer says she's the worst. Hopefully she'll be fired soon. Um, and someone else said, uh, I'll be shocked if she's not fired very soon. She came off more rude in the clip and it seems like she needs some humble pie.
1: Oh, and she's, and the ESPN only suspended her for a week.
3: Yeah. And someone else, another famous reporter that didn't want to be named said she's replaceable.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is, a, again, we're all sports fans. We know none of us have any idea who she was before no. this. Make an example out of this person.
2: Yeah, and the, the formula is find a pretty girl. And I'm not saying she doesn't know anything about sports. She's but, a soccer player, I mean. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. Sure, she knows plenty about <laughs> sports, but she's not famous. We
3: don't know her. By any means. She's not Aaron Andrews.
2: She's not Aaron Andrews.
1: That's what they've really been trying to do. They've been trying to find her hmm. replacement or ever since she left.
3: You know? And apparently this girl ain't it. Did anybody find the video? Yeah, the video. I easy. found it,
2: but yeah, it's very explicit. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aww. So, I hey, look it up. Break Brick McHenry of ESPN. It's not hard to find. Uh, chewing out a tow truck operator. Um, which just goes to say, you know, you need to pay attention to what you say to everybody. Uh, I, I, I can somewhat sympathize because... Like, I, I, I had a situation where someone did, I had, I, had to, I got real mad at some people at a furniture store a few weeks ago. <laughs> Tell us about it, Kelly. Well, they had really just wasted a whole, like, three hours of my time, and I was really mad. And if someone recorded it, I wouldn't be proud of it. So I can somewhat sympathize with, but if she's just berating that individual on that level and saying things like, do you know who I am, things like that, that is really taking it to an extreme and just setting yourself, there's nothing good will ever come from you trying to – Derek, have you seen – you don't have to name names. You ever seen some of your teammates or anyone say something along the lines that you know who I am?
5: Yeah, I've seen can, that.
1: Can we tell a story, though, without naming names? Can the names be changed or protect the innocent?
2: <laughs> or
5: I don't know if you might know it. Um, you'll probably pick up on who this one is. He's uh, He came coming somewhere, and he's, we were on a – I guess I'll tell you, he's on a beach, and he came through in a big truck, and it was like, Hey, I'm going to park here. And he's like, no, you can't park here. He said, you know who I am? I'll have your job. You'll be working at the mall next. And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, yeah, don't, so. I don't
2: think I know who that is.
5: No.
1: Yeah. You kept it pretty. Okay, We're well, good.
2: Pretty vague. But yeah. but I believe it. I mean, that would be temp. I mean, if if you go through your life being worshiped, then then saying something along those lines, I guess. But maybe- there's a
5: way of doing it. Like if, if someone was coming in, and I was like, hey, I'm Derek Anderson. I want to uh, know if I can get over here. You know, I don't want to be around this area's cause havoc. That's a different conversation as opposed to, you know, who I am like, let me in. Like, demeaning. I, yeah. Like you can try to use your weight a little bit to get some things to get yeah. out of a situation. Hey, can you do it if you had a friend at the movie theater? Yeah. You say, hey, I'm such and such buddy. He's going to look at like, let me come in. So I'll just come over here. That's not, you know, but if you say, hey, you know who I am, you know who such and such is, you need to quit doing that. Like there's a way of handling it that way. Derek, line. have
3: you ever used the line?
5: <laughs> do you know no. who I am? It's like Kelly. Kelly walks into,
3: like... I I, I use it all the time. Kelly
1: walks into, like, the Derby Dinner Playhouse, for example.
3: (laughs) He used the Rick James line, though. (laughs) So, everybody has to vote. Uh, You have the option of story number one, uh, the Eddie Hot Stuff Gilbert estate. Story two, Aaron Hernandez and the Facebook auctioned ID. Story number three, uh, Jared Stoll and cocaine and ecstasy <laughs> story number 4 uh Johnny Manzel, the change man, and story number 5 Britt McHenry. All right, How so will you, we'll, yeah. you right voted?
5: Yeah. Yeah, I'm Hernandez. You voted I'm, for
3: Britt McHenry. Yeah. You're going for Derek I'm Aaron going Hernandez, Aaron Hernandez.
2: Jared stole just because he was clearly trying to unwind in Vegas and what <laughs> happens in Vegas stays in
3: Vegas. Until you know, More power
2: to there. him until you get busted. So.
1: What, I'm, what I'm, happens I'm, in the UFL football locker room stays in the UFL football locker room. <laughs> what?
3: What happens at UK is on national news. TV, right? right. <laughs> Oxmoor Ford Link. I'm sorry. Hold on. Ashley, sorry, sorry. I'm still for a second week going with the Aaron Hernandez ID story because I have a feeling this guy is going to come up missing. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm, Aaron Hernandez
1: is, has that much pool from inside the inside room? Who knows? Money.
3: Got to
2: still have some money.
1: It can
3: be like, what is that one movie where the guy was being transferred for, to another jail and he holds a, He says to them with cameras, I'll offer $100 million. Anybody mm-hmm. gets me out of here? SWAT. SWAT, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what Aaron Hernandez is going to be. $100 million me out for anybody here. who gets this guy selling my ID.
1: I wonder what Aaron Hernandez's net worth really is, though.
3: It may not be much.
2: I mean, uh, attorneys can be real expensive.
5: Yeah, and they sure they didn't give him... Didn't no didn't give
2: him any, any nah, no price comps. break nah. no <laughs> comps nothing like nah. that Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline is five zero two
1: hold on Aaron Hernandez net worth take it give me a guess
2: but how updated is that
1: well I mean I don't know I just googled it and it's what came up two thousand fifteen actually there's a date
2: okay um
1: twelve million Kelly
2: net worth so that means minus Hernandez. what he spent
1: right and is out because she can see
2: okay. oh I couldn't see it can you I'll see twelve is probably no expensive. I can't see off the side of my computer um.
5: Aaron, how well? How long did
3: he play? Also, he didn't
2: play as, that long. Yeah, he's only he, like, he had a rookie contract. He was a fourth round pick. He wasn't a first right, round pick. So he
5: just got paid like two years ago. I yeah.
2: Think. Okay. Um,
5: I'd say, God, ten million. I'm going. You do yeah. not base off his full contract. His full contract like forty million. I'm yeah. just saying whether
1: his net worth is reported as. So.
5: I'm.
3: He didn't get the rest of his checks, So. <laughs> nine.
5: Eight.
2: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Ashley wins. Yeah. I knew he didn't get Derek, the rest of his check. Derek, yet. you set the bar pre- I'll be honest, I hedged my guess yeah. based on what Derek uh threw out there to start <laughs> with. oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. We're gonna head to the buzz line now. We got our man brother Mac on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Mac?
7: Good. How are you guys doing over there? Good. Doing great. What Good. what you what
2: you got on your mind hey, this morning?
7: A couple things. Uh number one, uh my uh, derby picks, uh I like what uh Friday Insider has on firing on, but also my Derby favorite is going to be Dortmund. And uh, to c- complete the uh, trifecta, I'm going to put Upstart in there. Dortmund's out of Big Brown and uh, his daddy, of course, won the uh, Florida Derby, the Derby, the Preakness, and came up short on the uh, um, the uh, oh, the uh, Belmont. But uh, anyway, with uh, Derek there, I wanted to ask two questions. to Derek, you know, he's one of my favorite players at U.K. Thank you, sir. uh, Out of your career highlights, um, winning the NBA championship and the NCAA championship, uh, I guess which of those two uh, were your favorite?
5: And also, um, who was your favorite coach and why? Uh, My favorite championship was uh, U.K. only because we did it in a short amount of time, you know, NBA, I got 11 years to get one, you know, when in college you had, mm. you had a short run and I did it with guys who actually cared about the game. When we wanted, you know, the mm. championship in NBA, when you play 90% of guys were playing for themselves and contracts and their families When in college, it was like, this is all we got. We wore the same jogging suit. If it was dirty, we turned it inside out. No one had any special cars. Like we actually played for each other and we actually enjoyed each other. So winning the college championship was, like, I still get gratification from that to this day. Uh, NBA is just, like I said, it's a job. It's like you get a job and, and like, if you graduate in college, you know, you have that great moment after that. You're throwing a hat up in the air. But if you graduate, if you get a job and you move up, you just move up. You know, you go get a bigger house, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, you know, signify your emotions. So it's just different, and, and I think that was great. And My greatest coaches I would have to give, Coach Patino and Coach uh, Greg Popovich, they had personalities. Like, I played for Pat Riley, no personality. Really? Oh, my God, he's the worst guy. Like he, He'd sit there and look at you, and we'd be up 20, and he'd look at you like you didn't do anything. Or Coach Patino, come give you a back. Coach Popovich, say, great job. Guys, you know, it was just like a job to Pat Riley. And Patino, he was always, like, motivating. Next day in practice, great job. You know, living a precious present. He'd read us books. Like, he talked to us like he wanted our future to be better. And you could tell he cared about the players, and that's the difference. And um, Popovich was like, if you ever had a guy that wanted to teach your son how to live a life, go to go to Gregg Popovich. Mm-hmm. He taught everyone how to be. He, he was respectful to everybody. The guy who was the fifteenth man, he said, come on and talk to me. He like he opened his doors to talk to people. Most coaches wouldn't give a care about the last guy on the bench, where well, he cared about everybody. And no superstar, everyone was equal. Tim Duncan, David Robinson, he made everyone equal. So. He, he's a great guy, and he motivated us to play as well. Plus, he knew the game. Like, he could adapt to most games. And and that's the one thing about a lot of coaches I played for. They can never adapt. And the worst coach I've ever played for who never adapted was Mike Fritello and Jeff Van Gundy. They hated to adapt. All they wanted to do is say, I know this, I know that, and they never adapted. We always lost. That's
2: great. Coaches always adapt to what they
5: got. Do oh, you, you have to. Do you
2: play for Van Gundy in Houston?
5: Houston. Yeah. Okay, that was a free right. agent I year. I forgot that
2: you had played there.
5: I was going to the Lakers that year, but, um, Everybody in the locker room was saying, don't come here because of Kobe. Like, Chris Mem, Luke Walton, they like, this is the worst place to be. Everybody's trying to get out of there. Chris. That's why no free agents come because of Kobe. And Phil Jackson was coming back that year. So Phil asked me to come and play with Kobe and be the point guard and let him be the two guard. And I'm just like, I was cool. And then I got to the locker room and everybody was telling me stories of how bad they are. Wow. They argue with each other. Wow. So that's why I didn't go. But but, is that different than what people felt about Jordan, you think? Yeah, it's way different. Jordan just knew he was a competitive guy. But everybody said Kobe like doesn't even speak to people in the locker room.
1: All right, I want to talk about, and this goes along with what you just said, and then Rick actually mentioned this in a press conference recently. Take us back to that 97 national title game. Wow,
2: good stuff. <laughs> oh, good I want stuff. to know, because
1: like, you could have played. Yeah. So uh, how did the conversations go down? I mean, how how close was it for you to, to play? You were cleared by the doctor, weren't you?
5: Yeah, what happened was he flew me out. I had a final. I had a test to take, so I flew me out on Tuesday. We were, uh, I forgot where we were at. He we flew me out Tuesday. And the doc, he flew, like, two doctors in, one from China somewhere and another doctor and had my doctor there. And they watched me work out that Wednesday. And then he practiced me on that Thursday and Friday. And, of course, we played the Saturday in the final against Minnesota. So I had practiced those two days. And he said, well, I'm, I'm going to see what happens. So that next morning he tells me, I'm not going to play. I just want to see if he was healthy.
1: And were you devastated?
5: Well, he told me that there was one of the championship game, He didn't say anything for the Minnesota game, so I'm just walking around like, okay, put me in, put me in. So he put me in with the thing. I was ready to go. But then the next morning before the game, the day of the game, he said, I can't play you because of this and that. I'm like, but I just practiced twice. I could have got hurt in practice. Like, we went two and a half hours in practice. And he was like, I just wanted to make sure you're okay, and other people want to make sure you're all right. I don't feel comfortable doing it. He said, but if things change, I'll let you know. Because that was what his thing was, I'll let you know if things change.
1: I mean, in the long run, he knew you were going to be a lottery pick or a potential Well, what happened
5: was, the later I found out, he had other NBA scouts were there, and they watched me practice. Because it was a bunch of people, everybody was there watching me practice. It was like the whole gym was full with news people. So I was windmill dunking. I tore people up in practice. Ron Mercer, I dunked on him. He was like, man, he's back. So I was just killing guys. And, And I was guarding. And he was like, well, this is what we needed. Averaging 20 points, best defensive player. And it was just for the NBA scouts. They wanted to see if I was healthy. What did that experience tell you about Rick Pitino and where his priorities were? Well, I think the thing about this is, and honestly, he'll tell you now what, the story. I know what you're talking about. He, If we wouldn't have won in 96, he would have played. Right. But because we just won and we're in the championship game, he felt like if, if I do this and he hurts himself, I'm going to be considered greedy. And I told him, let me make that decision. This is my college career is my end of my career no matter what happens in the nba he should have let me make that decision oh okay. and then he he, agri- he agrees with it now in hindsight but it is a college kid and you can't tell a kid if i'm clear about the doctor's i'm clear to play by everybody you should allow that kid to make that decision but he said since i was a kid he didn't i didn't know the future could be he said no so i i respect him a lot more for what he did and and I love him still because he looked out for me. Because if I would have tore my ACL, that my third one, I would have never played in the NBA. Yeah. But I was trying to win a college championship. And that memory now, in hindsight, I would have played still. But what he did, I was thankful for what he did that Because it's like saving me. How much myself. of that
1: practice day you think helped your NBA draft stock?
5: I got drafted 13th. I could have got drafted for, uh, to Boston. Coach Patin Coach was trying to get me before Ron. But Red Arbok said he didn't want to take a chance because I just tore ACL. He needs somebody to stay healthy. 'Cause that's been his problem before then. Everybody kept getting hurt, Rick Fox. Everybody was just hurt. That is weird in hindsight. No no
2: shot at no shade toward Ron. Nah. But that you Ron was taken ahead of you.
5: But that was because I was hurt. Everyone had me and Tim Duncan as the top two players in the country in the middle of the yep. season. Remember that that article yeah. came out. So I was a number one or two pick, period. I was dunking, shooting. I did everything. That's why Jordan signed me, he said you did everything that a two is supposed to do. You play defense, you could shoot, you could jump, like you could dribble, everything. So it was like the hype was there. But they just wanted to see if I was healthy. And once I windmilled and dunked and dunked on Ron in practice, it became a no-brainer. The scouts said, we'll draft And then when I went and tried out for the teams, I didn't want to go to Memphis. I didn't want to go certain other places. Like I had two teams call me to draft day and ask me if I want to play, and I didn't want to go. I won't say the names. but
2: So you could have gotten drafted higher,
5: higher. than 13. Mm-hmm. All right.
2: Mac, we still have you on the line there?
5: Yeah, you do. Uh, one more question to Derek.
7: Uh, is, have you ever thought about getting into commentating in that? Cause, uh, I'd like to hear you more on the radio, especially, I, I can't believe that Kentucky during the uh, final four had Rex Chapman. <laughs> commentate.
5: You know what, buddy? I've been getting, I'm going to let you all talk about that and then I'm going to get out of here. Thank <laughs> you very much, brother Mac. You have a good rest Thanks, of your weekend. Man. Yeah. I've been asked to commentate. I've been asked to coach, uh, I'm like I'm like I think I'll coach before I commentate because commentating is basically what we're doing.
1: He has fun in here. Come on,
5: yeah, it's he fun. <laughs> it's really fun, man. But it's it's frustrating seeing no change. If I saw change, I would commentate in a heartbeat.
3: Speaking of nope, nope. Uh, coaching, you have a basketball <laughs> camp coming up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to talk to us about that?
5: Yeah. We did plug that last week, by the way. After you well, got, thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, stamina camp is June 22nd through the 26th at Louisville Collegiate. I teach kids how to think the game. You know, some of these coaches just run around and make them play. I actually teach them how to think. We teach them how to act, how to how to be better people. I make them do chores to get rewards at home. So now their their life when they come from home, it's not dramatic. It comes to basketball. Now they can think. If you know a lot of guys' bad situations, like you remember LeBron's first couple of instances off the court, and then how he played in the finals, you can see it bothered him. Mm-hmm. That's because he hasn't. You know, adjust it to the lifestyle off the court. So, you want these kids to say, if I work hard, my parents will treat me better, treat me good, you know, then I'll come to practice with a clear mind, then I can think. I won't be tired, I won't be lazy, my mind is good. So, we teach them how to do a lot of things on and off the court, but then we teach them actually how to play the game of basketball.
1: And, and to be fair to Derek, a lot of these guys run a camp and it's really only for three hours and get in there and get some money. Derek's doing a full day, and I'm there for five day. days, and he's yeah. there. And this is about, this is really about helping kids it's in, and not necessarily just about, oh, a I camp. went to yeah. so-and-so's camp and I got a cool t-shirt and got my picture taken with this with them, yeah. <laughs> That's not what it's about.
2: No. Gotcha. Oxmoor, Ford Lincoln, Buzz Line, 502 1450 Before we head to our last break of the show, we're going to talk with our man, Kevin, is on the line. How are you doing this morning, Kevin?
0: I'm doing all right. Uh, hey, I have got a question for Derek. Hey, Derek, I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit here. So yes, I know sir. If you might answer this question or not. Rick Pitino and Calipari. Man, you you played for Rick, and, <laughs> and I, you know, and I know.
6: <laughs>
0: I gotta go. Man, what what is the? I mean, be I mean, I bet, answer to the best of your ability without stepping on toes. What what is it that it seems that Calipari seems to get a lot of credit for these guys that? Um, Outside of, okay, let's just say Rose. Rose. He just Rose, prior to Rose, he only had candy. He just he lucks out with Rose. Rose turns into who he is. And all of a sudden, is getting all this, you know, reputation. Or he's developing point guards and things. And, and, and I know that you know that Rose is an elite, one of the best players that probably played the game. And Calipari gets this credit. And then Rick, on the other hand, he can't seem to, I don't know if he can or he doesn't recruit these guys. Why is it that the elite players don't want to play for Rick?
5: Well, what happens was Cal's all promising everyone NBA. He's not promising them college championships. He's not promising them degrees. He said, you'll come here and I'll get you the best opportunity to go to the pros. To parents, to kids, they see money. Coach Patino tells you, I want to help you develop as a player and as a person. How many of these people are going to hear that? Which one do you want to hear with these kids' generation now? And what's the problem is, is the parents, oh, and the parents don't care nothing about no education nowadays. And most parents, they say, oh, I want my kid to get education, so why would you know that he's going want it, to want it done and go to Kentucky if you not, that's not what he's doing? And I think he's being, and Cal's being honest with him. Like, you can't be mad at him because he's going to these people's homes and say, hey, I'm going to get your son the best opportunity to go to the NBA if he comes to Kentucky. We got the best program, this, is and that. And I think Coach Patino doesn't say that. Even though, because when he grabbed gra- grabbed all of us, we had nine All-Americans too. But it was a couple I transferred. And, you know, you had Tony and all them guys. They were seniors. Then Antoine Walker, Ron Mercer, Wayne Turner. They was All-Americans. It was spread out. It was spread out. So it wasn't all at one time. Like ours just happened to work because he recruited maybe one or two All-Americans every year. He said, if I get them, I get them. If I don't, oh, well. I'm going to get other guys that work hard. And I think that was the difference. Coach still brings in guys that work hard. Because if you know about Rick Pitino, if you don't play hard in defense, you don't play in games. And Coach Cal never talks about basketball like that. He never says, if you don't work hard right. in practice, because you don't know, think about it, how many plays did we run for the last four five years since he's been there? Right. We had two dribble drives. This is the first year he's implemented plays. So there's a difference. Cal right. saying, I'm gonna get you to the pros, and Coach Patino's saying I'm gonna develop you. Which one of you were a kid, eighteen year old kid, which one would you want to hear? Yeah, you want the the immediate. Yeah, you know want that's the immediate, yeah. Right. And it's, and it's not it's not Coach not recruiting him. He's just telling them what they don't want to hear. You know, then it's the difference because Coach is still recruiting All-Americans. If you notice, he was trying to get Trey Lyles. He's recruiting these All-Americans, but right. he's just not telling them the stuff the cows telling them. Cal said, I'm going to get you to the pros. So these kids and parents, is like, wow, wow, let's go with Kentucky. That's the difference because Coach Patino, honestly, he's always been a better coach. Even Cal, Cal admitted to it when he played against us back in the day.
1: Does it, Do you think the uh, Ricks track record of guys in the NBA hurts them too? Ricks? Yeah, the recent Track record, not yeah, not no, no. not, not, not oh. <laughs> back with you all. Derek I'm talking play about Levinia. since he's mm-hmm. been at Louisville, his track
5: record of guys, yeah, and their NBA career. I think you know that it hurts him? him, it really kills him because you think about it, Louisville won in 2013 with no lottery picks. Mm-hmm. That's the first time in the NCAA history that an NBA championship is won with no lottery picks. Dang, went what 18, 19, right? Yeah. Lottery stops at 15, right. That's the first time in the history, people don't remember that, but they won a championship with no lottery picks. Which is very impressive. That's mm-hmm. super impressive. Yes. This guy's got seven lottery picks and can't <laughs> win. So it's never been about, you know, everyone knows he's a he's different type of coach. And I think Cal's finally adapting and changing and starting to run plays. But, you know, yelling and taking a guy out who's who hits three shots in a row is not coaching. You know, he, he's got to learn if Booker hits three shots, leave him in the game. He's, he's entitled to make a mistake. Right. Where Patino would know, even if that guy was making three or four shots, I'm going to leave him. Gill kid got in the game this year. He just let him play. Right. He hadn't played him all year. Yeah. But he said, I'm going to play you this game because you're hot. <laughs> Left him in the game.
1: At the same time, though, I mean, he's a, a good example because, and I don't know what it was with Anton, but I and I'm, I've am i repeatedly Practice. said this. Anton, no, Louisville never saw the Anton Gill that I saw play in AU or play in high school. Or that game we saw on TV. Right. And – and even that game we saw on TV, just.
2: That was just shooting. Yeah, I was, yeah, just I, it's, yeah it was just it confidence. Yeah, confidence. Shooting does uh, lead to confidence in yeah. other areas. Because
5: you guys had good shooters. Like
2: I work out they Peyton Sea. They just now, didn't shoot
5: well. Great shooters. No, they're confidence. Mm-hmm. And that's Rick wearing them down. That's because they don't practice hard. Okay. When you don't practice hard, I'm telling you, that's his, that's his MO. And his practices are so soft now compared to what we did. I'm shocked these guys don't work hard. It's just it's shocking to me. But, you know, and I and again, it's it's the guy on the phone if he's still on the phone. If you look at Coach Patino and what he does, he develops you into getting better if you can stand his his tearing you down first and rebuilding because he's going to tear you down.
3: So if you were to coach, hypothetically speaking, <laughs> one day, hopefully in the near right. future, who would you say you would be most like?
5: I would be like Pop- Greg Popovich. There's no college coach that I would be like. Okay. Because all they do is scream and cuss and, yeah, I don't do that. I, I teach. You know, if I adapt you make a mistake, I, I come talk to you. If you make it again, I'll have to put someone else in and say, hey, we'll, we want you to correct this. Just treat them like adults, but, d- but hold them a- hold hold accountable. You don't scream at them. You coach them. These guys have been taught to scream to get their point across. And if you notice about that, even Coach did it when we were playing, we would be up 30 and he's still screaming. It becomes a habit to them. You know, and I think for me, I would never scream and cut like that. I, I would just correct. I would, I would get on them. Don't get me wrong, but there's no reason to do it every single play. It's just a difference. So, if I would coach, I, that's how I would coach. And uh, again, we would teach them how to think the game. I would make players understand how, if you're over, you're overplayed. Don't camp kid all the way to half court to get the ball. You know, go back door, come set a screen, just play basketball like it's a thought process. So, all
1: right, we're gonna come back, go to a break. We're gonna be right back. I want to finish talking a little bit more basketball recruiting. And then we'll be right back on the weekend sports bus.
0: the way it is. I got my ticket, He got his Stay on the scene. I like a loving machine. Stay on the scene. I like a loving machine. Stay on the scene.